God, I want you to pour a fresh anointing of revival over Bethlehem tonight. Over every man and woman, every young person, every child, every guest, every member, every elder, every young person. God, let the Holy Ghost be poured out in this place. Let your Holy Spirit reign. If that's your prayer, why don't you lift your hands to heaven and give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hey, I, I got something to preach, but I don't feel like we're quite, quite at the point yet. I feel there's a hunger about to be expressed through our worship. Somebody's hungry. Somebody came hungry tonight. Somebody came hungry for more than just going through the motions. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The book of Revelation, chapter number 22. You are signed up to go to the district minister's Christmas dinner. That's tomorrow night. Craving catfish in Sherman at 6.30. 6.30 tomorrow night. All of our volunteers, if you serve in any ministry in the church, Tuesday night from 5.30 to 7.30, we have a uh, buffet at Fergandan's Pizza, and we want you to know how much we appreciate your service. So if you are involved in any ministry of the church, all of our volunteers, all of our dream team uh, from between 5.30 and 7.30 on Tuesday night. Amen. Revelation 22 and 16. If you found it, say amen. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and the morning star, and the spirit and the bride say come, and let him that heareth say come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. The Spirit and the Bride. Everybody say the Spirit. Spirit. Everybody say the Bride. bride. Say come. And let him that heareth say come. The Spirit, the Bride, and the hearer. I want to preach for a while about the three voices of apostolic revival. Lord, in Jesus' name, anoint me. Help me. Touch me. I need your divine touch tonight if I'm going to do what I feel you called me to do. God, I pray you touch my mind, body, and spirit. I pray for a flow of your spirit. I pray, God, for a confirmation. Confirm your word with signs following. 
God, I'm not only preaching about revival. I want to see it tonight. I'm not only talking about it. I want to experience it. I pray, God, let a fresh rain of the Holy Ghost be poured out on this congregation tonight. Let it be accomplished according to your will. And God, let something be started in this house tonight that reverberates and shakes throughout this area. God, let it move in our online audience, whether they're watching in cars or in homes or hotel rooms, wherever they may be. God, I pray an outpouring of your spirit near and wide and far. I pray, God, for an anointing of the Holy Ghost to sweep into this place and destroy every yoke of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would let me and this congregation be yoked together by your spirit, synergetically to see the power of the Holy Ghost be poured out in this place. And in Jesus' name, Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. God bless you. You can be seated. A great preacher once said that if you want a congregation to understand your sermon, you need to define the terms that you use. The subject of tonight's message is the three voices of apostolic revival. I am convinced that we will not truly see an apostolic revival unless we understand what an apostolic revival is. The term apostolic is one that confuses many modern American Christians. For it has become, in some circles, an archaic word. A review of books written over the last few hundred, couple of hundred years found that the use of the term apostolic reached its peak in, the, in use in the year 1845 and has been in a steep decline ever since. There was a brief uptick in the 1940s of the use of the word apostolic in literature. As Pentecostal organizations began to form, properly applying the word to our quest to return to the Book of Acts model of church and a movement to restore it to modern religion. The Catholic Church has commandeered the word. However, their common use of the word is not tethered to biblical moorings. The term apostolic means like the apostles or relating to the apostles. A church cannot be apostolic if it does not do what the apostles did. And experience what they experienced. If we, you've heard me say it over and over. If we want what they had, we've got to do what they did. Amen. Much of modern Christianity wants a book of Acts result without a book of Acts experience or lifestyle. 
Amen. Should I say it again? I said much of modern Christianity wants a book of Acts result without a book of Acts experience or lifestyle. I want an apostolic revival. So I must have an apostolic experience and live an apostolic life. Amen. Apostolic revival is a revival that's led by the Holy Spirit, full of divine anointing, signs and wonders and miracles. It stirs communities. It converts skeptics. It delivers captives. It results in making disciples. Apostolic revival is a fresh wind of the Spirit that blows new life into a community and a church and a family and a home and a heart. God, let an apostolic revival move in this place tonight. I'm trying to stir your desire tonight. Amen. I'm trying for just a little while to divert our attention from Santa Claus and the elves and the reindeer and shopping and buying and doing and giving and all of that stuff going on in this time of the year. And I'm trying to turn our gaze once again to an upper room experience from God that sets us on fire. God, I want an apostolic revival. Apostolic revival is the manifestation of the Spirit of the Almighty God to fulfill His purpose in the world. When a church has true apostolic revival, it begins to draw from all areas of life. A truly apostolic revival doesn't care where you come from, what your background is, what your education is, what your financial status is, what your color is. A true apostolic revival says, I want souls, I want souls from the crack house, from the whore house, from the government house, from the courthouse. I want revival that stirs the soul. I want the kind of revival that starts moving through a school system and starts stirring up young people and teachers and shaking it up where prayer meetings break out. I want it to move in offices when the Holy Ghost comes down and somebody says, pray for me. God, stir. I'm talking about another level of Holy Ghost revival that I believe that God is sending in this end time hour. It's more than just getting emotional to music. I'm talking about a real life dynamic power of the Spirit that permeates our culture. true apostolic revival reaches a church into areas that were once closed to it. A church that has apostolic revival draws leaders to it and develops ministries and makes disciples. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I like what's happening around here. Praise God. I like it when some of our people that sing tell me they went to Walmart and somebody stopped them and said, are you that guy that sings at that church online? I like it when people drive over an hour from their hometown to come to church because they watched it online and they knew if they could get here that the power of God would do something in their life. I like the kind of revival that people states away whose lives are broken. Says if I could just get to Bethlehem, I know God will do something. I'm saying, God, I want more. I want more. I want more. Amen. I took somebody to a buffet restaurant the other day. I, I went... Because I thought, how am I going to feed this bottomless pit? And not spend every dime I have. And so we went to a Chinese buffet. And, Mark, and, and the guy I took. I got a plate. I ate half a plate. And I was done. He ate three plates. And I sat there and I thought, how can he still be hungry? I watched a guy last night after we got done serving all the food. One of our workers from the kitchen got one of those plates. And I promise you it was piled six inches high. I almost wanted to plant a flag on it and claim it as land for our nation. I thought, there's no way. There's no way. You know what I'm saying, amen? I thought, there's no way that skinny man can eat all that food. But by George, if I'm lying, I'm dying. He ate every bit of it. He conquered Mount Everest while I was sitting right there by him. And I thought, how can he be that hungry? But I'm going to tell you something. I've seen God do a lot of stuff around here. I've watched families be restored. I've watched people be delivered from drugs and alcohol, false religion and false doctrine. In the last three years, I've watched over 300 people be baptized in Jesus' name. I've watched them get the Holy Ghost by the dozens out of drug rehabs, out of prisons, out of jails. And just when you think that you should be satisfied, I found that I got that hunger in my spirit. I still want more. I've seen some of you shout, and I've seen you talk in tongues, and I've wondered, God, have they got all they want? But then I watch you come on Sunday night and lift your hands and say, God, I want more. I've come to preach a hunger into the spirit of this church that we are not done. We are not satisfied. I am not quitting. I'm still hungry. I wonder if there's any hungry people in the house tonight. I wonder if there's anybody that's still hungry for another level of apostolic revival. I believe there's more miracles for this generation. I believe there's more signs and wonders for this generation. 
I believe there's more deliverances for this generation. God is not near done pouring His Spirit into this house and on this community. There's a great revival. God, I'm hungry. God, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm trying to preach a hunger into somebody that feels like maybe you've gone as far as you can go. I'm telling you, there's yet, there's yet more mountains to climb. There's more outpourings of the Holy Ghost. There's other dimensions and levels of the power of God. There's more baptisms to have. There's more revivals to have. There's more miracles to see. Amen. We're not near about done. We're just getting started. The power of God is about to settle on us in this next year like we've only dreamed about. I'm in a prophetic anointing right now. I'm telling you, we're getting ready to step through a threshold. But we got to be hungry enough to keep going. We got to get hungry enough to keep pressing. We can't let our prayers get dry. We can't let our worship get dry. We can't let ourselves get watered down. God, I'm pressing on the upward way. Jesus, help me. An apostolic revival will draw the attention of hell. The devil will fight. He'll fight your families. He'll fight your children. He'll fight your marriages. He'll fight your mind, your body, your soul. The devil will fight a revival church like he fights nothing else. Because he fears a revival church like he fears nothing else. A dead church doesn't bother the devil. A dead worship service doesn't bother the devil. A dead drummer doesn't bother the devil. A dead guitar player and keyboard player and singer doesn't bother the devil. Can I tell you, a dead mom and dad doesn't bother the devil. A dead man... A dead man or woman, a dead young person doesn't bother the devil. But you let somebody get full of the Holy Ghost and the devil knows he can't do anything about it. Don't you think if he could have stopped us baptizing people, he'd have already done it. But he can't stop what God has started. I wish somebody would help me shout just a little bit. I wish somebody would help me say, devil, you can't stop what God's doing. This is a one God, Jesus name, holiness, apostolic church. That means that the devil can't cross the bloodline. Apostolic revival stirs the devil up because he knows he's powerless. Against a praying, fasting, worshiping, unified apostolic church. For there to be an apostolic revival, there's got to be apostolic principles. If we want what they had, we have to do what they did. I said if we want what they had, we have to do what they did. And the Bible says in Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We are not about to quit preaching this one God, Jesus name, apostolic message. The devil doesn't tremble when we preach healing. The devil doesn't tremble when we preach worship. The devil doesn't tremble 
when we preach a lot of the stuff we preach. But when we preach one God, the devil trembles. And I've come to say this is a one God Jesus name church in this day and hour. And we're not backing up. And we're not slacking up. And I'm going to tell you something else. We're not just a one God church. We're a holiness church. I'm not about to become like this world. I don't. God brought me out of it. Why would I want to have anything of it? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I don't care what spineless, weak-kneed preachers do in their pulpits, backing off from this message. You're not about to have it happen here. We are going to remain a one God, Jesus' name, apostolic church. I don't want what the Hollywood preacher has. I don't want what the TV preacher has. I don't want what the celebrity preachers had. I want what the apostles had. So we're going to do what they did. We're going to preach repentance. We're going to preach water baptism in Jesus' name. And we're going to preach the Holy Ghost. And we're going to preach holiness and prayer and worship. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. We have to have apostolic fellowship. We need the fellowship of the church. Amen. We need the fellowship of the church. You need to be connected to your church body. Church isn't optional. Church isn't if I feel like it or if I'm not too busy. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. You can't be apostolic and have apostolic revival and not be counted on to be at the house of God. Amen. Am I preaching the Bible? If you're really hungry for revival, you'll come to Revival House. You'll come ready to worship. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday. When I walk through those doors, I'm coming to have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. I didn't come to hang out in the vestibule. I didn't come to party with my friends. I came to have church. Breaking of bread. Most scholars believe that that phrase is considered to mean the Lord's Supper and Communion. And here in just a few weeks, we're going to take communion as a church at the start of the year to dedicate ourselves one more time to our crucified and risen Savior. The Bible said they continued in prayer. Can I tell you that I want the kind of prayer meetings that stir heaven into action. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's something that happens when an apostolic person prays with passion. Not dry, dead, obligated prayer. Not coming just because I have to. Not coming just because it's my routine. But when I step into the presence of God in prayer, there's something in my spirit that says, I want 
more. I want revival. I want revival. God, let the spirit of prayer get a hold of this church like it never has before. Powerful prayer meetings are essential to apostolic revival. Amen. Lord, I got to finish my introduction at some point. Acts 2.46, and they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. I'm going to tell you, the devil wants to divide this church family into factions, cliques, and camps. He wants our mission divided. The point is not who does it. The point is that it gets done. God, help us to work together. Y'all aren't shouting as much as you were a minute ago. You got to resist the urge that the devil puts in your heart to battle with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You've got to push back against the spirit that wants to divide. If somebody brings gossip to you, you shut them down and say, my ears are too good to listen to that mess. I'm not going there. Look, if you don't say amen, I'm going to think you're doing it. Amen. This is my church body. This is my church family. I've preached it before, and I'm getting off in left field. I'm getting away. God help me to come back. But I'm going to tell you, David, when David, when Goliath came out and Goliath opened his stupid, ugly mouth and he began talking like a Philistine. Do you know what he was? He was. David did not get mad because Goliath was talking about God. The Bible said that that David got angry because Goliath defied the army of God. David knew God could fight for himself. But David said, I refuse to let some Philistine talk about my people. Let me try it on this side. I refuse to let some giant run down my church people, my army of God, and me stand here and take it. You ought to fight for your church people. You ought to, you might not like it, but you ought to fight for them. You ought to not run them down, talk about them, belittle them, and let anybody else do it. Well, praise God. I'll shout about that one. When, when when my very first missions trip, I'm getting so far off. My very first missions trip was to Ethiopia. In the 1990s, when they were experiencing one of the greatest revivals in the history of the world, it was nothing for them to have 30 or 40,000 people get the Holy Ghost at some of their crusades. They would have well over 100,000 people come to, to these to these crusades. And I went to one. The one that I went to had somewhere around 60,000 people. And uh, and and before we had before we had the, the conference, we were at the bishop over the over the nation of Ethiopia. We were at his house having a prayer meeting, and we were praying. And when and 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 when the time came to stop, the bishop got up, and he said, "Brothers, we do not pray for revival. We pray 
for unity. Because if we have unity, the devil can't stop revival. Can I tell you, we ought to pray, God, make us one. God, get us on the same page. God, give us the same desire. Come on, we're trying to get in one accord here tonight. When they got in one accord, the Holy Ghost was poured out. Can I tell you that something powerful could happen in this place tonight if all of us would just get in one accord with what the Holy Ghost is trying to do. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. It is an apostolic method of discipleship to have house to house. We call them life groups here. It's important for you to get connected to a life group. Can I tell you that the strength of the revival that we've experienced in the last three years has been on the back of our life groups? What we found is our new people, if they get in a life group, they stick and they grow. It is a foundational discipleship methodology. I don't expect you to say amen, but you ought to say amen. Amen. And the Bible said they ate their meat with gladness. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't like to shop a whole lot, really. I don't really like to go in like, like malls and stuff. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mission shopper. I go on a mission. I got something I want. I go get it and I get out as fast as I can. And, but, but, but around the holidays, I end up going shopping a whole lot more than I like to. One of the things that aggravates me more than anything else is when I go into a store and I see somebody that I can tell is an apostolic. And they are so unhappy looking. And they frown. And I'm like, God, if I was the world, I wouldn't want what that person has either. I wouldn't want them to tell me how much joy it is to have the Holy Ghost. And then walk around that unhappy and frowning all the time. If you want to have an apostolic revival, pray that God baptize you with an anointing of gladness and thanksgiving for His good. I know I'm not an evangelist. I'm just an old pastor. I'm an old, balding, chubby pastor. But I just got to preach what God puts in my heart. God baptize us with gladness. Let an anointing of joy come over your people. Everything's not dark. Even if everything in the world is bad, in the ark, in the church, there's mercy, there's grace, there's peace, there's joy, there's gladness, there's power, there's miracles, there's revival. God, y'all are in trouble when I quit this cough. If I ever get my oxygen back, dear Lord, it's on. Acts 2.47, praising God. Praising God. There is no such thing as an apostolic revival with dead praise. Hallelujah. Praising 
God. If you're serious about wanting a revival, then you got to get serious about taking your praise to another level. You can't say you want it and keep that old, dead, half-hearted, cold praise. Well, praise God. I guess I need to bring in another evangelist to fire y'all up. But what I'm preaching right now will keep you. If you're really wanting to go to another level in revival, you got to take your praise to another level. Because an apostolic revival has apostolic praise. There's something that comes up when you worship God. Amen. I, I, I used to sit back, back years ago. It's probably been 15 years ago. We, the, the, the minister's chairs were over here, and, and we didn't have the spaceship, but all that stuff was over there. And, uh, and, and I was standing down here in a worship service. I was standing right here, and I was trying to worship. So uncomfortable. Something just uncomfortable. It was, I didn't know what it was. I just, you know, just, just not right. And I just tried to put that out of my mind and just keep worshiping. But something just, it had me uncomfortable. But I just kept on worshiping. And I looked down and I looked and there was a sock in my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> That sock didn't belong there. But I found the more I worshipped, the more what didn't belong worked its way out. So I, I worshipped that sock till it was sticking out far enough for me to grab it. I feel the joy of the Lord. I stuck that sock in my pocket. And I went right on worshiping the Lord. Let me tell you, some of you would get some stuff out of your spirit if you'd worship it out. You'd get some bitterness out of your heart if you'd worship it out. You'd get some lust out of your heart if you'd worship it out. You'd get some dryness out of your spirit. It just works stuff out. There's 3,000, 31,000, 31,102 verses in the Bible. 31,102. There are 31,096 verses before the ones we read tonight. Only four verses after. Our text is God's final message to the church. It's his parting words in the entire Bible. He's like, I know I'm about to stop, but I got one more thing that I need to tell my church. He said, I sent my angel. And, and in the word used here means a pastor. I sent my messenger to tell you. That the spirit and the bride say come. 
The Spirit says, it's time for revival. The Spirit says, it's time for the drug addict to come be delivered. And it's time for the one bound by false doctrine to come be delivered. And it's time for the backslider to come be delivered. And the broken to come be delivered. It's time for the spiritually bound to come and be delivered. The Spirit says come. I'm going to tell you what the message of the Holy Ghost to 2022 America is. It's revival time. Doesn't, Doesn't matter who's in the White House, who's in the Senate. It's revival time. Doesn't matter what happens on Wall Street. It's revival time. Doesn't matter what's going on at the State House. It's revival time. The Spirit says, come on. Let's do this. Let's go. The Spirit says, it's time. And can I tell you, the Spirit of the church says, it's time for another revival. I'm preaching. It's time for another level. It's time. Two, those are two voices, but the third voice is the one that hears. It doesn't say let the spirit say and let the bride say. It says the spirit and bride say. The variable in the equation is the one that hears the word of God. At some point, it's got to be more than a sermon. And you got to hear it and grab it and say that's for me and my family and my life. I'm taking my prayer to another level. You see, the Spirit says it, and the church says it. But somewhere along the line, when you hear it, you got to say, I'm going to take my prayer life to another level. I'm going to take my faithfulness to another level. I'm going to take my worship to another level. At some point, if it doesn't happen between the pews, we're never going to have it. I've come to say that the Spirit is saying, let's have revival. And I'm telling on behalf of the church, Let's have revival. But I'm wondering about the third voice. Are you going to say, Pastor, let's do this. Let's have it. Let's pray. Let's work. Let's reach. Let's teach. Let's do it. I'm wondering, is there a church that says, Pastor, when it's time to worship, I'm going to worship. When it's time to pray, I'm going to. You've got to say. You've got to say. Stand with me tonight. The Spirit says, Come. The bride says, Come. Now, God, I'm saying, I'm going to let my actions say, It's revival time for me. It's revival time for my family. It's revival time for my home. The Spirit says, come. The bride says, come. And God, I say, come. It's the third voice of revival. It's when the pastor preaches prayer that I say, I'm not just going to hear the sermon. I'm going to change the way that I pray. When the pastor preaches worship, I'm not just going to hear it, but I'm going to 
I'm going to change the way that I approach worship. When the pastor says, let's work in the kingdom, I'm not going to sit back and let somebody else do it. Let him that heareth say, come. It's the third voice of revival. Can you lift your hands to heaven all over this place? I've laid out a challenge tonight. I've laid out a challenge to each one of us. I've laid a challenge to myself to be more than a hearer of preaching and a connoisseur of sermons. But when I hear it, I'm going to let something in my spirit say, yes, Lord. When the preacher preaches revival, I'm going to do something to have it. I'm going to let him that heareth. Let him that heareth. I am the variable. I am the variable. I am the variable of revival. Can I tell you something I've told our ministry team? And something that I've preached in a lot of places. That every church has three groups. We have a group that we can count on. Every time we come to church, they're going to be in the prayer room. They're going to worship. They're going to come to the altar. You can count on them. They do it every time. And then we also have a group. Doesn't matter who's preaching, who's singing. We could resurrect Jake Hess and he could come in here and, and, and you wouldn't shout. There's some we can count on to always respond. And there's some we can count on to never respond. But what makes a church service is that group in the middle and which direction they decide to go. It's that person that sometimes they come and they're not connected. But then sometimes they come and they are. And when they are, it pushes us forward. It's that group in the middle that needs to hear what I'm preaching tonight. Let him that heareth say, next dimension of revival is in that family that sits on the pew and loves God and you get challenged by the spirit and the Lord deals with your heart but you put it off I'll, I'll get more involved later I'll get I'll come I'll come to the prayer room next service I'll I'll get with it the next next time you're the one I'm preaching to tonight because you are the key you are the key 
to our apostolic revival. Lift your hands all over this place. God, in Jesus' name, these are wonderful people. They support your kingdom. They love your work. They love your presence. God, I pray, let the voice of this church ascend. Let the voice of this church ascend to say we want more. God, let the voice of your church ascend to say I want more. I want more, I want more, I want more. Let him that heareth say come. Now reach over and pray for somebody close to you. Reach over and pray for somebody nearby.
you cry out to him in hunger, in desperation, in
Come and move in this room. Come and change every heart, change every mind in this room, oh God. Let there be a cry of desperation in the room. Let there be a cry of desperation. We say, come. I say come, but I say come. I hear your word. I say come. I hear your word. I say that have seed in the ground and for those that have seed in the ground when we're singing send the rain that means something that strikes a chord in us because we know that when the rain comes that seed we've been sowing that thing we've been desiring that thing we've been praying for is going to sprout to life there's going to be life spring up from it And so we're crying, Lord, we've been praying. We've been sowing. Now we're crying. Haven't seen the rain. Haven't seen the rain. We've been praying. I've, I've tilled the ground. I've 
I planted some seeds. The sun's been shining, but now I'm crying for rain. Let the Holy Ghost rain fill the room, God. As the rain comes, there's going to be life spring forth. There's going to be hope spring forth. So we're crying, we've been praying.
lift our hands all over the room and surrender to his word and his will in agreement. Lift your hands if you agree with the word tonight. If you're the one that says come, lift your hands, lift your hands all over the room. Yeah, let that heavenly language flow right now. Let it sound a little bit like heaven in this room. It's okay to linger in the presence of the Lord for just a moment. Right now, while there's conviction in the room, I want you to begin to lift your hands and go ahead and start making some commitments your next step of your personal revival that's what I feel right now in the Holy Ghost you need to make some commitments to God that you can keep by the grace of God by the power of the Holy Ghost that you're going to do to make your next step to personal revival what are you going to do what are you going to do you don't just vocalize it but faith without works is dead you got to put some action into it right now what are you going to do to your next step of revival personal revival the church will never have revival without you having a personal revival. Come on, lift your hands. Let God speak to you. If you don't know, ask the Lord, what do you need me to do? What should I do? What's my next step in personal growth? God's about to send us a revival here in Bethlehem, a harvest here at Bethlehem that's going to blow our minds, and I'm not just saying that. What are you going to do to prepare for it? When there were 3,000 souls added to the church in Acts chapter 2, great fear came upon the church. There's about to be a mighty revival, and there ought to be some godly fear come upon us. Because we've got souls that we got to disciple. What are we going to do to be ready? Are you ready to teach a Bible study? Are you ready to lead a life group? Are you ready 
to disciple somebody. years ago my brothers and my sisters that ought not to be so look back two years ago and you're still in the same place you were two years ago my brothers and my sisters that ought not to be so look back six months ago if you're in the still the same place you were six months ago now that ought not to be so spirit and the bride say come what do you say? I'm asking you a personal question. What do you say? Take this personal. Take it personal. What do you say? What are you going to do about it? This is not just a hype message. This is not just a message to get us stirred up on a Sunday night. This is a message to change us, our walk, our daily walk. Not just when we come to church, our daily walk. Man. And God has spoken this word to push us out of that place we've been in for quite too long. Somebody say amen. amen. If you're going to do something about it, let the Holy Ghost do a, do a work on you. Say amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give Him praise. Christmas is going to be a little bit different this year. We've got Christmas on Sunday, and we've prayed and, and uh, sought the Lord on what we ought to do about that because um, Sunday, Christmas is always a tough time because so many people are out in the town and want to be with their family. We've got so many family Christmases to go to. We're not canceling church, but we're going to do church online just for Christmas, Sunday morning and Sunday night. Amen. So be sure to tune into that and, and, and spend this, make sure you spend this time at Christmas to glorify the Lord Jesus in your own home and in every house. It's still biblical to go house to house. And whatever house you're in, glorify the Lord Jesus. Don't let it just be an opening of presents. Get out your Bible, read the Christmas story, pray together. Have a moment of worship and prayer together in your home. You, you be, I'm talking to all the dads in here, all the fathers in here, grandfathers. Be the man of the house. Don't be no sissy. Be the man of the house. Open up your Bible. 
and pray and lead your family. Can I be real? Got a spirit of boldness on me, apparently. Be the man of the house. Lead your family. It's not just about opening gifts. It's about the ultimate gift that was given, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Remember that, December 25th. Also, how many enjoyed the play this year? Was it not absolutely amazing? Come on, was it not absolutely amazing? To all the cast and crew, we give you great honor and thanks for all the time spent starting from September till now. They've been going hard at it. And we give you great honor and thanks. Bethlehem Church, let's make our, our cast wel- our, our welcome. You know, you know what I'm saying. I'm so used to saying that. Amen. But we give special honor, special gratitude to very important people that this could not have happened without them. We have presented a gift to Sister Anna Tucker and Brother Ethan Tucker. We want to honor you today for all your hard work. That's right. They did a wonderful job. Wonderful job. No telling how many souls were impacted by that. We didn't just do a play to give you entertainment. That's a waste of time if that's what we did it for. We did it for a move of God. I saw so many visitors over the last three nights that I've never seen in my life. Thank God for the moving of the Holy Ghost. God can move at a play too. Amen. Amen. Let's lift our hands and let's end this thing in prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord that was spoken unto us. God, break up the fallow ground where it is time to seek the Lord. And God, let the word of God be sown into good ground that it will produce much fruit. And bring forth some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray that this word will follow us everywhere we go. Starting right now, God. And when we wake up in the morning, let it not leave us. God, let us continue to walk in the word of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord. And we thank you for it. We give you great high praise in Jesus' name. Clap your hands one last time. And shout amen. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.